Only about 52% of American families are invested directly or indirectly in the stock market. That means almost half of American households don't own any stocks. This according to an article on PewResearch.org. Today's episode, we're going to discuss the time value of money and how it impacts your wealth, as well as a little bit of inflation and some risks that might be involved. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast, where we talk about money, business, and life. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Let's get into the episode. Welcome, welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. This is episode eight. Uh, We're actually going to switch it up a little bit this week. We're going to have our first guest. Uh, so bear with me out there, you listeners. We still, uh, we, this is still an experiment, uh, the great experiment of Jason Jackson. So we're going to continue with that. Uh, but I'm going to introduce uh, my fraternity brother, my friend, my colleague, my fellow SMU alum, uh, James Noel. Uh, he did get his uh, degree in economics at SMU, and we were uh, rapping about a couple of articles about a week ago, and next thing you know, uh, he's here on the show. So I want to give him a chance to introduce himself, say hello, uh, and then we'll get into today's topic. Thanks, Jason, uh, for having me. Uh, it's a real honor to be on the Good Samaritan Podcast. Uh, to all those listeners out there, my name is James Noel, and I'm a student of economics. I gained interest in this topic uh, during a housing crash in 2008 uh, and the impact that it had on the U.S. economy. Uh, from there, when I took my talents to uh, SMU, I double majored in business uh, and economics um, and really enjoy uh, just thinking, uh, researching, reading about economics. And that's, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. As I mentioned, James, happy to, happy to have you on the show. As you mentioned, SMU. Uh, we kind of had our first lessons in economics when we were running the chapter back in the day. Uh, what you all might not know is is that we used to throw a lot of parties, you know, to kind of fund the fund the chapter back then. So we uh, kind of got our first experience in uh, learning about supply and demand uh, initially. You know, on our on our campus, uh, there aren't a lot of black folk, you might say, uh, but we were kind of the best show in town. So people would come come to the yard as we would call it uh for at least for the times that we were there to really come hang out with the with the fraternity so we uh we got some stories from back then but that was kind of our first parlay and uh seeing how the rules of economics actually work so uh, but we won't get into that um but back to the topic of the, of the show so if you guys remember from the intro uh 52 of american families are you know invested directly or indirectly in the stock market uh, the big thing that really stands out is that means there's about 48% of families who don't have any uh, direct investment or indirect investment uh, in the stock market. So what kind of brought this topic on, topic about, you know, the time value of money and why, you know, I brought James in on this is really what, you know, what, as we talk about building wealth and wealth being a big part of the show, um, not only just for the population in general, but even subgroups uh, of the population, really to help educate you know listeners on what the time value of money is, uh, how it impacts your standing uh, in the country, and you know ultimately how you how you build wealth, and why it might not be a good why it's always a good idea to save money, uh, how you save that money, how you invest that money uh, matters, which is a big part of what this show is about. So we're gonna. We're going to jump into that right now. Uh, I'm actually going to throw the fir- first question to James. 
uh, as we talk about the time value of money, like just just what is it off the top? What's the time value of money? Explain that to us. Yeah. So simply put, um, you know, just to sum it up, kind of give the listeners an idea out there is really the value of a dollar today is not the same as the value of a dollar tomorrow. I mean, if we get, you know, dive into it, you know, the, you know, the whole how you get the time value money from, you know, the equation standpoint is, you know, just it, it takes uh, to count the present value money, future value money, interest rates, and in a period of time. So back it up later. So you're trying to tell me if I got $500 in my pocket right now, how is it still not $500 a year from now? Because well, it's still in my pocket that $500, <laughs> unless somebody, you know, came, came and slooped me up or something, it's still in there. Unless, you know, the wife might have snuck in there. But it's still in there. That 500 is right there. Yeah. So <laughs> so the big component of that is interest rates. Interest okay. rates in terms of, let's just say, a bank account. And that's what you're getting back for holding your money, yeah. you know, in that said, you know, institution. And then the other half is going to be, you know, price changes or what most people call inflation. Okay. So uh, when you look at the comparison between the two, if we simplify this, um, you know, uh, if the interest, if the the inflation is higher than that interest you're getting on where that money is, whether that be in your mattress in the bank or invested in the stock market, if that inflation is higher, technically you're losing money because in the future you're gonna, you know, as those those prices change, uh, that money uh, obviously does not have the same value. All right, so you had a you had a lot of good nuggets in there. So let me back it up because you throwing you throwing a lot at me, you throwing a lot at me yeah. off the rip. So let's start. I think I heard you say interest. So the way I understand interest, you know, I got you know people got credit cards, auto loans. You get an interest rate. You know, typically I pay an interest rate. So what? How does the interest impact the value of my money in my pocket? I don't under what do you mean by that? Yeah. So really, it's the the other type of interest uh, that you actually get is what's coming from, say, the bank. So the, you put your money in a, in, a, in a financial institution, savings account, checking account, uh, that, that institution is going to give you some type of interest or they're going to pay you for holding that money in there. So I believe right now most uh, uh, savings accounts are at like point oh, oh, one. Oh, uh, it's nothing. Yeah, it's just- so literally, literally nothing. <laughs> uh, so... Um, and so that that's that interest. So that's money yeah. you're getting back for your your money being held. Um, so, so you telling me the bank pays me to hold my money, and if it's in the savings account, what you telling me the rate is point oh one. So what? Um, so what you're saying is my value don't really change because that you know if they hold it at point oh one, that's like two dollars and fifty cents after five years. So pretty much that's. Okay, I don't, I don't understand why I want to put my money in the bank then, but <laughs> and that's it, that that's the thing, and yeah, and, and when we look at anything when it comes to money, that's where the investor mindset comes in. Okay, hey, I have said amount of money yeah. uh, that I've accumulated over a certain period of time. Now it's time for me to put it in something that has a higher yeah. uh, interest return or a return on investment, if you will. Uh, okay. With respect to me putting my money in somewhere. So if I got, I'm gonna I'm a bump it up. So if I got five grand, five thousand dollars, and I just put it in the savings account, uh, in five years I think at 0.01 percent I get I legit get two dollars and fifty cents. So even though it's minuscule, I guess technically 
five years from now, the $5,000 in my pocket now, I would have $5,002.50. Correct. Okay. So it's better for me to not, it's better for me to not keep that money in my pocket, but put it in the bank technically, even though it's only $2.50. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to give you some increase okay. before you holding that there, but at the rate it's giving you that increase, it's not keeping up with the price changes. So that's where we talk about that value of that money or so, the value okay. of that dollar. So you saying I should there are you so you saying there are better places for me to put my money besides my pocket and the bank? Oh yeah, I mean okay. Well, so let's let's talk about the stock market. Okay, okay. It, I, I bring it up because you mentioned inflation, and the last I looked, I think the inflation rate is one point six three percent. I think it's around there, and. The bank is giving me 0.01%. So are you saying if I put my five grand in the bank in five years, it'll be $5,002.50. But at the that ain't even, that's not remotely keeping up with the rate of inflation. No. Right? No. And so uh, when you start really analyzing your money or the, the, the what you're gaining from the financial institution versus... Uh, say inflation, uh, what happens is you're really losing money because okay. if you would have had say you know if the bank was actually giving you say two percent yeah. for holding that, uh, then that value obviously outpaces the price changes and actually your money has more value in the future. Okay, so if it's at two percent versus one point six, let me go back to the five thousand dollars. So I got five thousand dollars. No, the first thing that I understand is that it's better for me not to just hold on to this money one. It just The physical money is better for me not to have it in my pocket or under the mattress or sitting in a jar at the house. At minimum, I should invest it if I want to at least keep pace with the rate of inflation, right? Yes, correct. So why is that, why is that important? So why is it important? Uh, so here, let me try to paint a little bit of a better picture here. So let's take that $5,000 and go back to, you know, and say it's from 2015. So if we fast forward to today, um, if it kept up with inflation uh, at 1.6%, it'd be worth $5,400. Okay. So if we're looking at the interest rate of point, you know, one or 01, um, that's only going to give you you know, at two dollars and fifty cents. So yeah. over that time, that five-year time period, you just lost three hundred ninety-seven dollars. Now, on the flip side, if you uh, actually was getting two percent, which is like you know almost half a percent higher than inflation, okay, uh, that value of that money, you know, from twenty fifteen on to twenty twenty, would actually be five thousand five hundred dollars. So your money grew; it kept up with inflation. Now you can you can take your money. So, and now, so it's an extra hundred dollars over inflation. Yes. Okay. So now you can keep you, you the money that has grown in the in that that investment vehicle or, or the or your account has now allowed you to keep up with the price change. So you can purchase, um, you know, say a good or service based off of you so, know. So what you're saying is so inflation is stealing money from me is what you're saying. If and it pretty much. So, <laughs> So, so here's another example. So let's just take a simple okay. cup of coffee. 
Okay. All right. All right, I'm going to use a larger time period. So let's go back to 1970, right? So a simple cup of coffee, you know, where you just put some, you know, you buy it in any, 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 you know, you know, restaurant. Uh, it was about 25 cents, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so if we fast forward 50 years, you say, take the, you know, the numbers from last year, you know, a simple cup of coffee is $1.59, right? Right. So it's grown you know, 6,000% over the last five years or $1.24 more. So that's that price change. So we're taking a long period of time, but it happens all the time. It happens every year on every good uh, in some services. It's prices are always changing. The the, the cost of a good is always changing. And so that's that thing that we're talking about when we're talking about price changes. Okay, so on the price changes piece, so who's changing the prices? So why why can't my why can't my five thousand dollars right now still be five thousand dollars five years from now? Why do it gotta be fifty four hundred dollars? What what it is about the economy that inflation happens or why is it you know built in? Well, just just to kind of be clear, so inflation is kind of separate from the interest rates. More okay. Less. So so. Inflation deals with price changes, so businesses change prices. So they're the, they're the ones pulling those levers there, and obviously it can go the other way too. Yeah. But when you look at the interest from your say your bank account, you know that's going to come off of that. Now we got to get to the Federal Reserve. So okay. Whatever the, the you know as the Federal Reserve lowers rates. Yeah. You know the banks will obviously have to follow suit because if their interest rate are at a certain point and, and the national interest rates are lower, they'll, right. they'll actually lose money. So they keep pace with the Federal Reserve in terms of setting rates. So okay. as the Federal Reserve lowers, the bank's going to lower. As the Federal Reserve raises, it's the potential that the banks will raise the interest rates on those accounts. Okay. Okay. So like I said, first off, don't put my money in the bank, at least not right now, because the interest rates are so low. Because it doesn't keep up with inflation, so how do I, how do how do I even go about this? How do I protect my money? How do I, how do I just keep pace with the rate of inflation? Because your example is two percent from the bank, but the, the bank ain't giving two percent. Actually, I looked it up today because uh, I was talking with the wife. I was like, maybe we need to switch banks because. <laughs> Uh, I looked at it's. I think the highest you can probably get with what some banks had is 1.3, uh, 1.4 percent uh, APY or annual percentage yield uh, is what that stands for. For my money to grow, which over the average over the last five years of inflation is 1.6. So even the bank won't even match me on inflation. So there must be better places to put this five thousand dollars. Right? Or you would. I would assume you would, you know, suggest that I probably should consider other avenues for my money than the bank or uh, obviously hiding it in my mattress at the house. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, you know, what's out there? I think, uh, you know, most of my listeners would know I'm a big fan of real estate. I invest in real estate. Um, but James, like, what's out there is uh, someone who studied the economy what uh, what parts of the economy should I consider uh, that are going to be better than the bank or, or the mattress at the house, as I just <laughs> mentioned? So. Yeah, so the uh, way I would kind of sum it up, there's like three areas you can, you know, invest, if you will. So uh, I think that the first one we already mentioned in this podcast is the stock market. So when we look yeah. at the stock market, 
um, over you know a period of time, obviously including risk in there, uh, you're going to have about a three to five uh, percent return on, on that in, in your investment there, as long as they're smart yeah. and sound investments. Um, um, and then obviously looking at uh, the next tier up, if you will, uh, we're looking at real estate. So real estate. So let me, I'll pause it right there. So I think you, you mentioned the word risk, which I think is the big, uh, the big R word of why, you know, maybe half American households don't want to deal with. They rather, they think it's a safer bet to put that money, you know, under the mattress at the house because they are a little haphazard with the risk that's associated, you know, with investing, whether that, you know, be real estate or the stock market. Uh, we all, I think we're all, inti- not all intimately uh, knowing about starting a business, but I, I think we've seen stories where we're always motivated by people who start businesses because they, you know, every story always begins with a leap. And what that leap is, you know, um, concerning is the risk about what's on the other side. So when you bring up that that point of risk for those people who might not be investing yet because of that, would you say, do you have a, an equal risk or at least a, much, a bigger risk? Or what would you say your level of risk is by not just not investing? Is that what's something that's related to inflation? Or yeah, what so that, say that, that's literally going back to the example we're talking about. Yeah. If you don't do anything with your money over time, your money loses value. You know, yeah. it's not going to be able to buy the same amount of goods. Yeah. Or, or, or let's take a grocery store, for example. Yeah. You know, $100 five years ago, you know, would have filled up more in that basket than it will $100 today because right. of those price changes. So, right. so uh, by the average, you know, American not actually taking advantage of, say, you know, expanding their knowledge and trying to grow their money with, you yeah. know, to outpace inflation. Then yeah, there there is a risk there, and there's a risk of not being able to, you know, have the same quality of life. Now you got to make, you know, choices on certain things, and you have yeah. to, uh, you have to start really uh, seeing, you know, how this actually impacts your life overall. So yeah, I um, think it's a, I think it's a really big point to make that no matter which way you go, there's some level of risk involved, mm-hmm. and though it may feel safer to keep those actual dollars. Uh, tucked away somewhere where they aren't quote unquote exposed to the market. I think the big point that we want to explain to those having families who are you know might be a little hesitant to invest to investing uh, is that risk is still there for you. Yeah. Because uh, you might not be able to afford a lot of the things you have right now with that amount of money uh, in the future because those goods will have changed and increased. Uh, in value, but your mind, your money will not have, therefore it won't go as far. Yeah, and l- and let me kind of yeah. share a story with you. I know I've shared this story with you before about yeah. a story out of the, the richest man in Babylon. Yeah, so, which I started reading, by the way. Okay, yeah, you yeah. like it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a uh, I would recommend it uh, for for anyone to just getting out started for sure. Yeah, uh, I would say that book changed my whole perspective on how I approach finances. It, it's given me a base, if you will, to say, all right, I need to think of things differently. And one of the, the, the stories out of there that's a really good one, uh, and I tell this to a lot of people, is a chapter called The Goddess of Luck. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the title's a little misleading, but um, in essence, you know, Eckhart, the, the richest man in Babylon, um, he's, uh, he's, and I'm paraphrasing here, yeah. you know, um, he's giving, he's, he's 
gotten with a group of men who wanted to learn how to be, the, you know, like the richest man in Babylon. And, and more or less, uh, they were basically saying he was lucky. Mm-hmm. He was lucky for having all these riches or putting his money where he put it to get the, the returns he got. Yeah. Uh, but what his message to the, to, the, to the group of guys was, it was about opportunity. It was about, you know, seeing an opportunity to put his money somewhere and seeing, being able to see that, uh, that return. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, bringing it back home to every average American, you know, they have to not look at it as risk. They got to start looking at it as opportunity. So where sure. is the opportunity for me to make more money? For sure. It's a, uh, and as you bring up that book, there's a lot of cool points in there. Cause actually there's another story uh, as I'm still early on in the book. I actually think he gets hustled on his first yep. investment uh, and there's a there's another uh, concept that we'll talk about over you know in the Good Samaritan podcast. It's always best to know what you're investing in. It's not good enough just to throw your money at something, uh, but you want to train to be an expert. So, uh, which is why I brought I brought James on. I don't know everything. I know <laughs> uh, I know some about stocks, which I will communicate that. Uh, those things that I do know, I definitely intimately know real estate because that's something I'm invested in uh, with my own money and my own time. Uh, but you'll, we're going to have people on the podcast uh, who can speak to things in, in deeper knowledge. But that's a, a definitely a great book uh, to, to speak on that story. Uh, he basically he finally gets over the first hurdle uh, for investing really is um Recognizing the income you have and saving that money, as we've talked about savings on this show, you know, it took him three years to save up the money uh, to make his first investment. And then he just he didn't put in the same amount of work that he, that it took to make that money, to make the decision to invest. Uh, so he gets hustled. He actually gives his money to a I believe I, it's not a carpenter. It's a Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's a glass maker. It's a glass maker. Um, and he wanted to buy jewels. And at the time, you know, you couldn't go on the Internet. People went along trade routes to buy jewels. And it's actually he wanted to buy uh, these fancy jewels and sell them for a profit. It's a brick maker. Uh, and the brick maker uh, in the story tells him, like, hey, man, I got this idea give me your money and like I'll we'll get we'll get rich and he's like bet I got my I got my coins I saved up for three <laughs> years gave his money to the brick maker to go buy expensive jewelry and the brick maker comes back you know from this long trip so we're talking months at a time remember things don't happen overnight back in those days and the brick maker comes back and all the uh, <laughs> all the jewels are fake they're made of glass <laughs> So they get hustled, and uh, the first lesson he learns that you'll realize in the story uh, is that the big mistake that he made is he didn't he trusted a brick maker to go buy jewelry, and he came back with glass, and he came back with glass. So you have to you you know that's there's a whole nother uh, episode on that, but I just, that was a really cool story to uh, kind of talk about investing as we're kind of talking about time, value, and money. Uh, so we won't go on that tangent, but to bring it back to uh, investing and why it's important uh, to consider time value of money uh, and what other vehicles are out there. James mentioned the stock market, three to five percent, uh, but he also mentioned real estate. So I'll throw it back to him on, on what we think real estate uh, can provide. Yeah. Get my so, two bits on it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you checked out the book. So. 
Um, no, but with real estate, uh, you know, it gives you the, anywhere from five to ten percent. Uh, so obviously, sliding scale again. Talking about just like we talked about stock market, there's risk there too, but yeah. but there is opportunity uh, to to have a, a really good gain. Obviously, that outpaces inflation. And then the the bigger one that a lot of people into you know navigate towards is actually like say starting a business, um, and and that can get you anywhere from you know fifteen to thirty percent. Um, and 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 that you know the reason why it gets so so much bigger there is because. You're talking about a lot of people make their money when they actually sell the business. So, uh, you know, when th- those numbers are coming from, say, starting something from scratch, start something small, and then as you as it as it gains value or notoriety from, say, a larger company or in, in a, you know independent investor, you know that's where that that's going to come from. There's also more risk involved. Typically, the higher the return, there's more risk involved uh, in in the investment. Uh, and then there's also a realm. Uh, where people are promising high returns that don't exist, so there, that's also uh, another another episode on stocks and investing. <laughs> uh, but goes back to that story from the the richest man in Babylon. So, no, great points. Um, so if we go back to the five thousand dollars, which you won't have any, you won't have, you can't, you can put five thousand dollars in the stock market. So to go back to our example, if I put five thousand dollars in the stock market. Five years ago, what does that five thousand dollars look like right now? All right, so that five thousand dollars in the stock market today uh, is going to high end. Use that five percent. Uh, that over that five year period of time would be about six thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Um, and then just kind of taking this a little further with the other two examples of real estate and say a company, uh, we're going to use the high end of real estate, which is at ten percent. Of uh, you, you know, keeping everything constant and simple, you know, that'd be seventy five hundred dollars. So, okay. um, you know, as you can see, that's a little bit about you know fourteen hundred dollar difference there. And then you look at a business. Uh, we'll, we'll try to, you know, it's, it's fifteen to thirty percent. But what we're going to end up doing, you know, for this example, just take twenty, uh, put it in the middle. You know, that's you know over that five year period of time, that's about ten thousand nine hundred dollars, all close to eleven thousand dollars. So. There's a obviously you can see as you look at these examples that money grows uh, exponentially over time. So the five thousand dollars. So depending where we put it. So if we put it under the mattress uh, for you know five years ago, when we pulled that five thousand dollars, that actual five thousand dollars out is probably worth forty five hundred dollars, or at least can it, it would be able to buy the amount of goods today or five years ago at about. $4,500. Actually, I mean, today. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. I mean, it's more like $4,600. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you, yeah. you hit the, uh, the nail with the hammer. Uh, pretty much, if you don't do anything with it, even though it's 5000 US dollars, that yeah. value of what it could buy based off the price changes is going to yeah. be equivalent to, say, $4,600. If I put it in the bank, it's only $5,002.50. If I put it in the stock market, it's six thousand one hundred fifty. One hundred. If I put it potentially in real estate, depending on how you do the investment, uh, if it's another increase of ten percent, I'm looking at seven seventy five seventy five hundred. And then, if I really want to take a big risk, and I'm confident enough, and I do my numbers, and I do the work. Uh, to start my own business, I potentially could increase my windfall, obviously with more risk, 
uh, close almost ten thousand dollars, which almost, which pretty much would, could double my initial investment Correct. over time. Correct. Okay. So I think the big, the big thing that I think is getting communicated is, you know, minimum, you know, minimum, you're battling inflation, no matter what time you live in, um, and it matters what you do with your money. Uh, if you want to compete with inflation uh, and minimize your risk, probably a good idea to just go put it in a, a high yield uh, bank account, bank savings account. Uh, obviously, research the rates, but you want to get around probably two percent as a as the uh, example we use to outpace inflation. Uh, it's going to be really low risk, uh, but that should keep you right about the baseline to maintain your current lifestyle. Uh, which I would imagine most of the most of my listeners out there, people who are listening to a podcast such as this, uh, want to do more than maintain where they currently are, but they want to increase. Uh, which means you got to be willing to take on a little more risk, do a little more work, do a little more education, uh, and think about stocks and real estate um, and entrepreneurship. And, and entrepreneurship. Start your own. Start your own business. If you got an idea, um, get working on it. Uh, for my own personal example, this podcast uh, started started uh, from a text message to a friend uh, to actually putting in the work, you know, and now you know now it's going, and we're, we're going to keep going until uh, until we until we decide not to. So uh, take the risk. Don't be afraid of risk. I would say the overall theme here is there's a risk in not only the five uh, categories I just mentioned, but there's also a risk in you not doing anything with your money. The biggest um, thing I think we want to communicate in today's episode is if you sit on it at the house, uh, you're going to lose money. And that's pretty much a guarantee at the rate of inflation. Uh, there is one sidebar you have. There's the deflation does occur. Uh, in the economy, but not at the rate uh, that inflation <laughs> that inflation does. Uh, so you pretty much, uh, I won't say guarantee, but a, there's a 98% chance uh, that the money that you're uh, not willing to invest or you think is too big of a risk uh, to chase an opportunity that James mentioned um, ends up being, you know, it ends up being the windfall that helps you not only overcome inflation. Uh, but also to grow your grow your wealth and to grow your business uh, and your income uh, over time, so that you can you know you can maintain your lifestyle at minimum, uh, but also increase it, which I think is what we all are also look you know obviously wanting to do. Uh, so I love having James on the show. Um, I think I really enjoyed it. I think we'll we'll definitely talk about more episodes in the future. Uh, I am in the market for a co-host, so we. Uh, this was this was a good first go around. I'll, I'll kick it back to James before we wrap up the show. If you got any other comments, yeah. Now I just want to say, yeah. you know, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, glad I had an opportunity here to flex my little economic muscle, if you will, and, and get into some topics I'm kind of passionate about. I uh, really appreciate, uh, you know, everything you've you've done putting this, you know, putting this, you know, good semantic podcast together. I think this is a real good uh, uh, um, a way to actually give some. Some of these listeners out here are people that are hopefully will come here in the near future subscribers, you know, some good information and a good a different perspective to actually, you know, hear this this information. So, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I guess you could say this was the interview, if you will. <laughs> some co-host here. So 
uh, yeah, I, I drove myself and I look forward to, you know, jumping on in the future. Well, that concludes episode eight of the Good Samaritan podcast. I'm glad you all could join us today. I uh, really hope to get across the point about the time value of money. Uh, for those, if you happen to be in those 48% of U.S. households who um, are a little uncomfortable with investing or buying stocks or, or investing in real estate or even starting your own business, uh, I, th- I, I, I would hope that you would reconsider uh, after today's episode. Uh, there's a lot of risk uh, in any investment, but there's also a huge risk uh, in losing the value of your money over time as well if you do nothing with it. So I uh, hope you guys take that to heart. I hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, no matter where you are in your financial journey, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. Peace.